This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, if you've got your Bibles with you, we, uh, Proverbs 24. I want to talk this one. I'm calling it Failure Freeze. Uh, Proverbs 24, 16. And I want to talk about how we deal with... How many, how many of us have never failed? Has anyone in this room never failed? Is this kind of fairly true of all of us, if that's says. No one here? Every, so every one of us at some point has failed. Is that right? It's how we actually deal with failure. That's the real crux of the matter. Proverbs 24. I'm going to come back to this in a moment, but let me just read 24. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For a righteous man may fall seven times. And there's a difference. Not that he doesn't fall, but here's the end result. But, and, and rise again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. Father, I just pray for your word this morning. Would you open our hearts, open our ears. Open, Lord, let that word flow with clarity to every heart today. Give us understanding, a spirit of understanding, and a spirit of wisdom and revelation, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Talk about this idea of, of failure Freeze. I want to just maybe just look at a, a view of a failure. You know, I just think, I, I remember hearing a man many years ago, when our first church, the first church we were in, and he, was, he, was, he began to paint later on, maybe his 60s, and he was, he was a really good artist but in his 60s. But he said when he was at school, he, he painted this kind of painting, and the teacher took the, the painting, kind of ripped it up, and just threw it on the floor. And so from that moment on, he never, ever painted again. That sense of failure so froze him, it took him 30 or 40 years for him to get his paintbrushes again because he felt he so failed in that. I remember, I, I don't like horses very much, by the way. I, I really am not into horses, don't tell her. Uh, and the reason why I don't like horses and the way I avoid horses, I remember a horse biting my dad. I remember his horse just bit him. And from then, I kind of... Avoided horses. Often in life, we can have failures, and sometimes it freezes us. Have you ever used a spiritual gift, maybe stepped on a spiritual gift, and it never turned out the way you thought it would turn out? And you thought, from then on, from, that's the last time I'm ever going to use a spiritual gift ever again. Ever done that? Ever witnessed to someone, and they kind of rejected what you said? And so you thought, from then on, from this time on, I'm never, ever going to witness to anyone again. It could be in a relationship. A relationship that failed that made you say to yourself, from now on, I'm drawing back. I'm never going to get close to anybody again. What I'm saying this morning, we can often experience failure, and the problem is it freezes us, 
and limits us and prevents us from ever trying or taking a risk ever again because we failed. And so many people have allowed their lives to be frozen because of the of failures. Failures in relationship. Maybe a failure in a job. Could be failure in something you attempted and it just didn't happen. I remember telling a lot of stories this morning. But I really remember how you Don't tell the story about the whole horse. Don't tell the story about that. Uh, but I, I, I remember when I was brought up in the church I was in, it was a, a brethren church, and those guys there prayed like anything. They said words I'd never even heard of in my life. They prayed such amazingly accurate theological prayers. They spoke words I'd never even heard of. And I, I could have been, and I remember praying once in that kind of environment, and all stuttering lips and stupid words, just a very, very shallow prayer. And I actually think back, if I'd allowed that to get a hold of me, it could have brought me to a point where I would never, ever pray out aloud again because I'd felt such a failure. The first time I ever gave a testimony. It was absolutely the worst test we've ever heard in your life. It was a mishmash of things. And something I felt, right, I'm never ever going to get in the front ever again. I'm so glad I never let that freeze me in life. What I'm saying is, is there's so many things we attempt in life, and it doesn't work out, and because we sense we failed in that, it causes us to freeze up in life. And I want to talk of how not to let failure cause you to freeze up. Because there's the truth. Every one of us at some point fails. And without realizing that failure can cause us to, to either freeze us up or it can cause us to be free. It can free us, isn't that right? It can either freeze you or it can free you. And often we can go through things we don't expect. Things happen. Something around you doesn't work out. And you see it as a failure. And because you see it as a failure... It causes you to freeze up in that area, that dimension of your life. And I think often people can almost live in a time warp. And they allow that failure to get hold of them. And because of, of a wrong understanding of failure, they are bound to things that hold them that once was. Rather than being released to what God has for their life. And I found this, that Satan wants you to be entangled in failure. He wants you to be caught up in the, the reality of failure. I think in a culture, we are always pointing the finger at those who attempt things. Have you noticed that? Every time someone attempts something and fails, we love it. As a culture, we love it. We kind of develop a kind of armchair culture, particularly those of us who love football. That right. We see the, the we sit there in our TV screens watching it, saying to ourselves, he should have passed to that man. Or he should have done it that way. Or why didn't he score? Why didn't he pass the ball then? And particularly as a manager, what, why has he put that man in that team again? Isn't it amazing? And we have an armchair kind of culture. And when you play football, if you've ever played, you realise actually it's not as easy as it appears. When you're playing, you don't see things that others see. And after we can develop this kind of culture in every area of our life. And I think the fear of failure is actually the greatest failure of all. Do you know Coca-Cola, in the first year of operation, only sold 400 bottles. But they understood you've got to learn what you go through. Henry Ford, 
sorry, the Ford uh, Motor Company, started the Ford Motor Company, and he went through four bankruptcies. When the greatest American president, Abraham Lincoln, lost seven elections before he became president. What I'm saying is, often the greatest achievers in life are those who've experienced the greatest failures. It's true in the Bible. So many people who achieved great things in the Bible also had major failures. Some of the greatest people we know, I think of Reinhard Bonnke, one of the greatest healing evangelists, one of his first, in one of his first meetings, he never saw one person healed. And yet he sees thousands now. What I'm saying is so many people in their attempting of things have failed, but they've not allowed the failure to freeze them. They've kept going until they saw the breakthrough in life. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 and 9. And it's something we don't often think about or even talk about. And I think there's so many people struggling often with senses of failure, and they don't know how to deal with their failure. They don't know how to rise above it. They don't know how, how to, to, to come back from the fall, if you like. So I want to encourage you this morning to say that you can be a far greater amazing person, even through failure. Isn't that wonderful? 1 Corinthians 13, and this is often seen as a kind of love chapter. But I want to see that in this context, there's far more to it than just a love chapter. Verse 8 to 9, it says, Love never fails, but there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether they are tongues, they will cease. Whether they are knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But that which is perfect has come. That which is in part will be done away with. And verse 13, and now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I think the great message of the Christian faith is that we, we need to be people of faith. Because faith pleases God. Faith causes us to activate things that are naturally impossible. And God says, I want you to live by faith. But here's the thing. You can't live by faith unless you have hope. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. One of the things I found about failure is a lot, it creates within people a sense of hopelessness. They feel a real sense of hopelessness about areas of their being, areas of their life. They look at certain things in their life and they feel hopeless over it. They can't see any way out of it. And, they awful, and this awful hopelessness begins to grip their hearts. And often it's the failure that creates that sense of hopelessness. And I think hope is always a better tomorrow. Here's what we to see. That even though we fall, the important thing is we learn, to, we learn the lessons from the fall. And we don't allow it to put within us hopelessness. We feel hopeless about our condition in our lives. We feel hopeless maybe about our circumstance in life. We feel, we feel totally hopeless about a certain relationship. And we look at certain things and almost this hopelessness comes over us. And the reason why we have it is because we see in that area we failed in the past. And here's the issue. God doesn't call us to live in the past. He calls us to live in the here and the now. And he says, I'm a God of hope. He's the God of, notice what he says, of 
all hope. So no matter how much you failed in the past, God says, I'm the God of hope for your future. Here's a few other things about failure. Here's the first thing. Failure has a need to be confined. If you're still living without control failure, then often Paul, Paul says, one thing I've learned to do is I don't look back. I take that failure and I confine it. I don't look back. I don't allow it to have control of my life, but I confine it. I put a boundary around it. And that's what we need to do. We need to take our failures and confine it and put a barrier around it. Let's look at that verse I I read again. Because I think there's something powerful about this verse in Proverbs 24, 16. It says, For a righteous man may fall seven times, as I said earlier, but even though he falls, the truth is he rises again. Even though he's failed, Many, many times, he does not allow his failure to stop him from attempting it again. Even though he falls, he gets up and he goes for her again. How many have seen the film Chariots of Fire? Remember that part when he falls down and up he goes again? And that is really the key to success. Not that you don't fail, but the truth is you get right back up again. And notice what he says after that. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. In other words, if you don't confine that failure, it begins to get out of control. And the Bible says here, it causes calamity. When it's out of order, when it has no shape, when it has no boundaries, if you like, it begins to breathe, the Bible says, calamity. Think of the calamities that failure breeds and produces in a person's life. I think it breeds the calamity of fear. When fear when, when failure gets a hold of you, you fear. You fear that situation. You fear going through that again. And so you, the fear begins to control you. You witness to somebody, and because that person rejected you or didn't respond the way you thought they would respond, now you're controlled by the fear to witness. You don't witness anymore because you're afraid to witness because you attempted it and you failed. Maybe you gave a prophetic word and it was rejected. And because that, was, that word was rejected, that means now you're afraid to give one again because the calamity of fear is now being produced in your life. And I think we can see it over so many situations. We attempted it, we went for it, it didn't turn out right, so now we're fearful. Of ever trying that again. It's a calamity of fear. I think you can have the calamity of unbelief. How many have ever believed God for something in prayer and it didn't happen? How many have ever read that? And now there's unbelief in your heart because you prayed for something. Now the calamity of unbelief controls every other dimension of your prayer life. I think it also produces the calamity of bitterness because when we fail, when things don't turn out the way we, we want them to turn out, we get bitter inside our hearts. We get bitter and resentful. And so the calamity of bitterness and resentment begins to kind of control us and, and rule in our life. And almost so when the failure comes, it causes us to be out of control. I want you to see something. 
See, the reason for our existence isn't just that we have a prosperous life, not that we just have a successful life, but your reason for existence is that so you begin to discover who God is, begin to bring in worship for all eternity, and your real existence is to influence others so they come to know Jesus. And that's exactly what failure does. It confines you, so you never really worship in the way you want to worship, You never influence people in the way you want to influence people because the calamity of failure is gripping your heart. Here's what I want you to see. What failure should do, really, is it should push us more into God. I remember God saying that very clear to me once. Really going through a real sense, a real time of failure. And God saying to me, I want to use that failure so that failure will push you more into me. We found that. Because what God showed me was I was so dependent on myself, I never really learned to depend on God. And that in itself is failure alone. And often failure should push you more into God and become more and more dependent on God. Don't allow failure to drive you into living a life of the past. Some people have never really got over things that happened 30 years ago. And we need to put that failure under the blood and walk away from it and never allow it to freeze your life again. Here's what I want to see. Failure exists only in present tense. You can't change your yesterday You can't go back and change it. You can't go back and make it differently. But what you can do is refuse to allow that failure to affect you right here and now. You can't change the past. You can't change what happened. But you can change your present right here and now by refusing to live in the power of it. If you allow God, God will take your failure and he'll take you to another level. Some of the most successful people in life are people who've allowed their failure to take them forward. Not to take them away from God, but to take them closer to God. Not to draw them from God, but cause them to press in more into God. Because that's what God wants you to do with the failure. Look at Proverbs 24, verse, verse 10. This is what he says. If you faint in the day adversity... Your strength will be small. In other words, if I fail and I allow that failure to grip me and I don't respond correctly to it, I begin to be weaker. But if I get up from the failure and get up from it, I make myself stronger. Isn't that amazing? In other words, when you mess up and you fail, but you say, you know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go for it again, the next time you're stronger for it. But if you just give way to that, you become weaker in the face of it. The fear, the bitterness gets a hold of you and it makes you weaker rather than stronger. But God says, I want to take that failure and make you stronger through. Can you say amen? Now, while we were in America, I watched a a baseball match. You know what struck me about watching baseball? Not how much they hit the ball, but how often they miss the ball. I used to think, how on earth is that a success? Because they... They'd have kind of three balls and maybe hit it once. And I came fascinated. How come that you can miss the ball so often, yet be seen as a success? And so I, 
I looked up certain statistics. Sorry about this, but listen to what it says. The average is 3.67. For every thousand balls, okay, for every thousand balls, he connects 367 times. Now, if someone does that, it's considered a superstar. Think about it. A thousand balls, he only hits the ball 365 times. And if he does that, he's one of the top guys. He's, he's, he's actually one of the, the, the main, if you like, one of the real main superstars of that, that, of that particular game. In other words, he misses it 633 times out of a thousand. And he's seen as a superstar. Think about it. 63 times out of a thousand, he misses it. Oh, but those 300 and other, 360 other times, he hits it. We don't remember the times he, he missed it. We remember the time he hit it. They don't think, to say, oh, that guy missed that 677 times. But they remember he hit it once and caused a home run. I wonder how many times we've took a swung at something, attempted something and missed it, and never, ever attempted it again. And God's saying this morning, even though you attempted it, get up and go for it again. Refuse to allow that failure to freeze your life. Here's the next thing about failure. Failure actually causes you to focus on the, on the, on what is, on the finite. What is finite? In other words, we actually recognize, actually, we haven't got it all together as we thought we had. Oh, we thought we were so amazing, so incredible, so awesome, we actually thought we didn't even really need God. Until we tried it and we failed and we realized how limited and finite we are. The great news is, my God is infinite, amen? And when I fail, Paul says actually that when I'm aware of my own weakness and my own inabilities, it actually brings me to a place where I can receive more from God. Because my, my, if my confidence is in myself, in my ability, in my power, in my strength, in my giftings, in my talents, and everything else I do, actually that's limiting me in life. But if I realize my limitations and my weakness, that brings me to a place where I become more and more dependent on God. And Paul said, when I realized I was weak, then I became strong. That in my weakness, God's grace was manifested. And the grace of God is the ability of God to do things that you cannot do in your own power and strength. How do I receive grace? By realizing I need grace. And the more I realize how weak and how unable I am, the more I depend on God's grace and the more he gives me ability to do what I think I could not do. Amen? And that's what God wants. Here's the next thing. Failure succeeds when we don't make attempts the man who has never made a mistake often has never made anything I think many people hold back in life because in their early years they attempted something and it didn't really work out rather than really kind of realizing something that God takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise you see, we think we've got to have everything exactly together. And until we've got everything exactly together, we'll never attempt it. But what God says, I take foolish things and make incredible things through them. I remember the great John Wimber. I used to love John Wimber, some of the stuff he came 
And he tells a story. He's walking down the road one day, and he sees a man walking with one of these sort of sandwich boards. And right on the front of it was this, I'm a fool for Christ. And he thought, what a stupid thing to have. Until he walked right past, and the back was it, and the, these words were on the back. Whose fool are you? In other words, we're all foolish for something. We could be foolish because we want people's approval. We're all foolish for something. The issue is, what are we foolish for? Let's be fools for Christ, in a sense. Let's be willing to step out for God, even though we may not have everything together, realizing that God takes those weak things that we think are weak, and God does amazing, awesome things through them. Because there's the thing, you see, we want to live our life in the safe zone. We, we, we don't want to do things that often will take a risk. You know, someone said, you know, you spell faith is R I S K. Faith will always be a risk. But if you're controlled by failure, you'll never take the risk. Because you're more afraid of failing than you are of succeeding. And so you never attempt anything because you're afraid of failing. So you never attempt anything. You never take a risk. You never take a step out of something. You never take a, a step out of your comfort zone because you're afraid you might fail. And without realizing, actually, you become more bound by the fear of failure than attempting anything in the first place. You know, someone said this, it's better to attempt and fail and never attempt anything at all. Is that right? And so we want to be people who are willing to... to to, to step out and not allow failure to freeze us so we never actually attempt anything in life. And that's the worst thing. Do you remember the parable of the talents? Who was the failure, really? It was the guy who wasn't willing to take the risk. Is that right? He buried his talents where the other guys at least took it and did something with it. And God measured it, not how successful he felt, how much they got back in a sense, but the fact he never used it. He buried it. He buried his tongue. He wasn't willing to take a risk. He wasn't willing to step out of the comfort zone. And we can live our whole life unwilling to step out of our comfort zones, unwilling to, to take a risk and never see what God could do if we would take a risk. I think God does love risk takers. And often there's the people in the Bible who did the kind of crazy things, who, who walked around walls seven times, who kind of fought huge, big kind of battles with jawbones and did amazing things which seemed so ridiculous and so foolish, but they took the risk, they went for it, and God honored it, and God blessed it. Get out of the box. And having to go, I love what, let me just share, Winston Churchill, dear Winston Churchill, he said this, he said, success consists of going from one failure to another failure without any loss of enthusiasm. Isn't that powerful? That even though you fail after fail, that when you attempt it again, there's no lack of enthusiasm. Because sometimes we fail and we go, oh, I'll have another go at it. And there's just no enthusiasm there, no heart there. But he says, success actually is even though you failed a hundred times, you still do it, but you still do it with the same enthusiasm. John Kennedy said this, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. I think every time we, we step out on the divine promise of God, there's a risk, is that right? 
And that's what God loves. I will risk it to take the gospel. I think of some of the great missionaries of our world. C.T. Studd, these amazing people who actually went into places where no one had ever gone before. And they went, they risked everything to take the gospel. And really, if we are to be influenced, we're to take, to the, we're to take the gospel to anywhere. It's taking a risk. It's stepping out. It's going forward. That's why Jesus said, simply go. Isn't that right? He never said, reason it out, work it out. Think of a hundred reasons why you don't go. Just go. Take the risk. Get out of the box. Go for it. And God will bless them. God will honor. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing, quickly. Failure will always increase wisdom. I love it. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. You see, when you fail, you learn not to do it again the same way. Is that right? It produces, it, it actually positions you for the advantage. Look at Proverbs. Let's look at another Proverb. Proverb 15. It says, the, verse 31, The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul. But he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. In other words, he's saying that what we've got to do in life is to learn from our failures. We don't keep doing it over and over again, but we learn from it. We learn how not to do it. Edison, who, who actually invented the light bulb, someone said to him, you've tried that 700 times, you've failed 700 times. He said, I haven't failed 700 times, I've learned how not to do it 700 times. And that's what the Bible says. You know, someone said, the, the height of insanity is to do the same thing and expect the same results. So here's the thing, even though we fail, the important thing is we learn from it. We learn not to do it the same way again. But we've got to learn from what God is teaching us through that. In other words, we, we refuse to have an unteachability about us. We refuse to carry on doing the same thing and, and keep failing, doing it the same way, exactly the same way of doing it. That's the height of insanity, to keep doing something the same way and expect different results. It doesn't happen. But you learn from your failure. You say, you know what? I tried it this way, but I've learned not to do it that way again. How many have learned from their failure? You say, amen. How many know the scientific world? If they gave up and never learned from their mistakes, we'd never make any advances. Is that right? Most of the things we've been advanced to in the scientific world are because someone tried it and it didn't work, so someone else tried it another way, then someone else tried it another way, until eventually someone got it right. And I think that's the way God wants us to be. Here's the next thing. Failure can cause you to discover what you never knew you had. Proverbs again. Proverbs 13, 23. You know, I kind of preached on this verse quite a lot of times, and it's one of my favorite verses. It says, Much food is in the fallow of the ground of the poor, and the lack of justice there is waste. In other words, there's often food in the ground, but that food 
cannot be tapped into, can't be reached. And I think it's like our lives. You know, in you, there's amazing potential. You've got things in you that you didn't even know you had. You know what's going to cause some of that stuff to come out of you? When you attempt something and you fail. In amazing ways, you begin to discover what you really have. You begin to discover things about yourself. You begin to discover the potential that you had. I think life, ultimately, is allowing God to squeeze out every bit of potential that's in you. Every one of us in this room has amazing abilities, potentials, untapped potential. Things that we've never really, that we've never really found out there. It's often through the pressures of life you begin to discover what you really had. I discovered a prayer life through pressure. that right? I discovered things about me I realized I never had until the pressure and the difficulties and the, and the failure came. I began to see things about me I'd never seen before and discovered things about me. And that's true of you. God's put so much stuff inside you. And the idea of our life is to allow everything God's put in you begins to rise to the surface. Wouldn't it be awful to live your life and to never have fully tapped into the potential that was in you? I may have shared this before. Someone said this. The richest places on the face of the earth are not the, 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 the oil fields or the diamond mines or the gold mines. The richest places on the face of the earth are cemeteries. In those cemeteries are songs that were never written. Books that never come together. Novels that were never really put together. All kinds of stuff that never really materialized. That never really birthed the full potential that was in a life. And God wants us to use every bit of potential that's in us so we can achieve great and glorious things for his glory. Can you say amen? Almost finished. There's nothing about failure. You know what failure does? It makes you less judgmental. It really makes you less judgmental because you realize how you've failed. You look at people very differently. I think when you've gone through something, you begin to have compassion for what other people are going through. The Bible says that we, we shouldn't judge anyone else or anything else because really we've got weaknesses and vulnerabilities in us. I found this. People who are very judgmental have never really seen themselves what they really are. I think people who are very judgmental often have unresolved failure in their own hearts they've never fully resolved. And so they kind of project their own failure onto other people. But when you realize how weak and vulnerable you are, how much you failed, then I think you tend to be more compassionate and understanding to everybody else. Can you say amen? Here's the last thing about failure. Failure, I love this, is not final. It's not over until God says it over. And I've known people who've gone through such horrendous things in life, and because they handled the failure correctly, even though they may have not initiated it in a sense, it didn't begin with them. But that failure has become one of their greatest strengths. I've seen that happen time and time again. I remember a girl many years ago, and she had such a horrendous background. She had fathers who abused her, and she went through horrendous things in life. And that seems such an incredible weakness, but here's the amazing thing. 
through what she went through, it, managed, it caused her to develop a ministry just helping girls who had gone through similar abuse. In other words, a, a weakness, if you like, became an amazing strength. That became a strength. She began to, to minister to broken girls because of what she'd been through in life. That's what God can do. God can take your failure or a failure that's done against you and turn that to an amazing strength so you can begin to reach out and help somebody else. And failure is not final. The enemy has no right to condemn you and push you down. It is not final. Let me just give you one last verse. I love this verse. Take this home with you. I think it's just a beautiful picture. Psalm 37. Though he fall, sorry, verse 24 of verse 37. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Notice this. For the Lord upholds him with his right hand. When you fall, his right hand holds you, even in failure. Even though the enemy might have kept you down. Because something has happened there. The Bible says God's hand will uphold you. Roger Bannister, you know, he was the first man to break the four-minute mile. Now, anybody does it, but he was the first one to break. You know, the race before that four-minute mile he broke, he fell. He just fell that first race before. And people want to remind you of your failure. But I want to say to you this morning, your failure is not final. And men, when they realize that, when they realize that my failure is not final, it prepares you for victory. Failure is only empowered when we quit or we give up or we walk away from God. That's the only way you can empower failure, is when you give up and say, that's it, I'm finished. I'm never going to attempt that again. I'm never going to go for that again. I'm never going to try that again. Somebody failed you, that's it. I'm never going to get close to anyone again. You try ministry, it doesn't work out, that's it. I'm never going to attempt that again. You witness, I'm never going to... So that's the only failure when you never, ever attempt and just give up. God says, if you don't give up, if you don't walk away, then my hand will come upon you. Let me close with this. An experiment, a poll. And they put some nice bananas on that pole. And then we get monkeys to run up that pole, get the, pull the bananas down and have their fill, if you like. So one monkey went up, and what they decided to do was to pour water, just a bucket of water fall on the monkey. And he thought, oh, I don't like this. So even though he quite liked the bananas, he didn't like the water. So he'd just come down. When the second monkey attempted it, the other monkey would try and pour him down. And then when another monkey did it, the other two would try and pull the other one down. And so it ended up, even though there was beautiful bananas on this pole, no monkey would attempt to do it because of somebody else's failure. I'm just wondering this morning, have you stopped climbing the pole? Have you stopped climbing the pole? And you just stop there. And you don't want to climb or go forward or move forward anymore because of what 
because of that failure and experience. You know what Paul said? He says, even though I'm knocked down, pushed down, I'm not knocked out. I love that. Knocked down, but not knocked out. God can pick you up if you really believe he can. God can absolutely take your failure and make something awesome and incredible with it. Can you say amen? Are you glad God's like this? So that's why the gospel is a gospel of hope. Because if our failure was the final word over our life, then there's no hope. Is that right? But because failure is not the final word, then that means there's always hope. And God says, I'm the God of all hope. Every situation can actually be a cause of incredible hope. Let's just come before him right now. One of this morning is you're just looking at life right now, your own heart. Do you see levels and areas of failure inside you right now? And saying, you know what? That particular failure has caused me in that level, in that dimension of my life to freeze up. I've froze up in that area. I've never wanted to attempt that again. Never wanted to, to, to reach out in that area again. It's just frozen me in that particular area. But God is the God of liberty and freedom. And he just wants to free us up. Let the Holy Spirit show you any areas this morning that have caused you to, to, to freeze up in a certain area. Things you've never attempted because of failure. Things that have just held you down because you failed. You can, maybe you can you must relive that moment. It's like a video player that keeps going over in your mind all the time. Every time you attempt that, you remember that experience, that event. It's like a video player that goes over in your mind again. And so you're never attempted again. Because you tried it and it failed. And so you just pull back. And God says, rise up again. A righteous man, even though he falls down seven times, he gets back up again and attempts it again, and goes for her again. Refuses to be held down and bound by the calamity of life. That's what God wants for you this morning. Just say, Lord, this morning, free me up this morning. Pour the fire of God on me that, 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 that would, would allow that freezing event in my life just to freeze out, just to melt. Melt it out by your fire today. Maybe someone here this morning and there's a, there's a job situation that you saw but you never attempted to go for it because you're afraid that you might fail. It could be somebody that you want to reach out to. People you want to reach out and touch but you're afraid to reach out and touch them because you're afraid they might reject you. There's a ministry that you want to, you know, God's put on your heart to do but you're afraid to do it in case you fail. There's people that you can't, you, you can't get close to people because you're afraid you're going to get hurt. Let the Spirit of God this morning just come and free you up. Don't allow failure to freeze your life. Be free in Jesus. Be free. Just lift your heart to heaven right now. 
Father, I just pray for every person here this morning, any person this morning that feels bound and held down by the failure of the past. Lord, I pray in your name we, we break that failure off them. We, we break that failure syndrome off their life. Lord, they would not be limited. They would not be held down. They would not be afraid to attempt and step out again because of failure. And in Jesus' name, I break it right now. I break it. I break the lies of the enemy. I break every lie, every deception of the enemy right now. And Lord, I speak freedom to the people of God right now. I speak your freedom. Lord, we say where the Spirit of the Lord is, there there's liberty, there there's freedom. We release freedom. We release liberty. We release the anointing of God to break everything that would limit us and freeze us and hold us down. Lord, we declare over our lives that even though we fall, we will rise up again. Even though we fail, we will get right up again. We refuse to be held down. We refuse to be in the dirt. But Lord, we rise up and run again. Lord, we rise against it right now. And we refuse to live under the power of calamity. We live in your freedom, your release right now. Thank you for listening to the free download from the Lansing Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at thelanceofelam.co.uk.